we weren't designed to get stuck and stagnate. See, if things aren't moving, they stagnate. But we're designed to keep moving. Welcome to Living Word, growing a family that experiences every promise of God. You're listening to another life-changing word from Pastor Scott Anderson. For more information, visit our website at livingwordonline.com. Give a big hand clap to those that are watching podcasts, vidcast, comcast, upcast. Even while they're turning it off right now, we want to say howdy. And if you're ever in the area, <laughs> come visit us. They're like, no, thank you. We'll make you feel right at home. And uh, don't forget about our daily Bible study that we have Monday through Friday. And uh, it's called Wake Up. It's a daily Bible study that uh, me and my brother do. And uh, we start your day off with a scripture. We pray over your day. And I thought I still had the sunglasses on. It's so dark out there. And uh, it's a number one daily Bible study on YouTube. Amen? Woo! I don't know. I think I'm taking it off. And then they're like, and then we had to get out of there. He started undressing. And so... Ah, oh. that was hard to watch. It's hard to do, but probably even harder to watch. Amen. So a uh, a gentleman retired. You know, remember as a kid, you tried to take your clothes off and put them on with your shoes on, and how hard you made that. Amen. 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 Thank you, Kevin Mesner. Give Kevin Mesner a hand clap. Forgive me. That's just. I guess I don't know enough about NASCAR. Is there a NASCAR M M&M and M guy? And if you're new here, we're doing an M and M series, just so you know. So I'll get to that in a second. So a, a man, uh, he retires, worked a long, hard life, and but you know, in his mind, he followed all the rules, and he went out and decided, I'm going to buy a Corvette, and bought a new, brand new Corvette, all souped up. He took it outside the city, and he got on that road, and he just opened it up. He got it up to about 90 miles per hour, just feeling the convertible, the wind brush, and he looks in his roof, mirror, and all of a sudden, he sees the lights flashing of a police officer behind him. Don't know what took over him, but he was done following rules and everything. And so he decided, no, I ain't doing no more. And he floored it, took it up to about 130 miles per hour. And then all of a sudden, reality grabbed a hold of him because the cop was still on him. And he said, oh, my, I don't know what I'm doing. So he pulled over. And a cop came up. Uh, officer's like, what in the world? And the guy goes, I don't know. I just retired. I don't know what came over me. I just, I, just, I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm doing. The cop says, you know what? Uh, it's almost 5 o'clock. I'm almost off. If you can come up with a reason I've never heard of before, an excuse I've never heard of before, I'll let you go without a ticket. Guy thought for a moment. He said, well, here's the thing, police officer. My wife ran off with a cop years ago, and I thought you were bringing her back. <laughs> come on. Who's ready for the word today? Open up your Bibles. You're loud and excited. The Hebrews 12, 1. We're in our series called M&M. M&M stands for move and momentum. That we weren't designed to get stuck and stagnate. See, if things aren't moving, they stagnate. But we're designed to keep moving. And when I begin to move, I gain the momentum that I need to have to break through. The enemy tries to put things in our way. He has a Jericho, has a giant, has a Red Sea. But what we realize is that as I begin to move and trust God... The momentum and God behind me and in front of me, I begin to break through every obstacle in my life and I live a limitless life, a life that doesn't have a ceiling, a life that doesn't have limits on it. I begin to do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. Come on, somebody out there. We don't get stuck. Well, my marriage is just stuck. Well, you got to start moving. 
my life is stuck. You got to start moving. When I start moving, God can start steering. He can't steer your stops, but he loves to steer your movement. Water that doesn't move stagnates. A life that doesn't move begins to stagnate. Our scripture that we've used for a few uh, of the weeks right now was here in Hebrews. Let us throw off or cast off or get off of our life everything that keeps us from moving. Start running. He didn't say walk. Like, God's got stuff up ahead of you. Some of us got to start running to God's best in our marriage, start running to God's best in our finance. We got to start running to joy and to happiness. He says, you got to start running and never give up, never stop moving, never stop going forward. And as we found out last week, that when we do this, the things in our past, the enemy wants to hold us down and weight us down with the things of our past, of things that made us bitter. But God says, if you let go of the bitterness, I'll trade you ashes for beauty. I'll bring great things into your life. And I want to stay in that kind of line of thought today and talk about Naomi. You know, the story of Ruth and Naomi. Naomi, right, many of us don't really know her story. And it's kind of a tragic beginning. Things are not going good for her. In the land of Bethlehem that she's at, it's a major famine. So big that she decides for her and her husband uh, and her kids to move to Moab. So she's got to leave all of her friends and all of her relatives and everything she's known her whole life and go to a new place, Moab, which wasn't at the time a good place at all. It was a very sinful, very, very horrible place, but that's where the food was. She gets there. And it seems like almost immediately her husband dies. So now she's a widow, and she's a single mom raising her two boys. Her two boys both get married, but then they both die. And so now she comes to a place, and she begins to speak it out loud, that she has nothing. She has no future. There's nothing up ahead. And the only thing that she can do is she can go forward to back to Bethlehem is what she's going to do, and basically going there just to, to die one day because I have nothing. And she's got her daughter-in-laws with her, and one of the daughter-in-laws, Oprah, decides, I'm going to go back. Now, at this news, she wasn't going to follow Naomi. At this news, you know, Naomi could have got bitter, could have got sour. You know, oftentimes we do this when things aren't going right. We find a single point that we could put all of our frustration. Naomi could have just lashed out at her and told her how horrible she is, that she's leaving her in her time of need, and I have absolutely nothing, and off... Off, you're going to go on your life, but what about my life? But Naomi did what I'm going to talk to you today about, and the Bible says she kissed her goodbye. Kissed her goodbye. And that's the title of today's uh, teaching is called Kiss It Goodbye. There's some things in our lives that we need to kiss goodbye, right? And this Oprah represents to us broken dreams and uh, disappointments and maybe failures and rejection, and people that have walked away, people in our lives that have stabbed us in the back and done us really wrong. It could have been a divorce. It could have been a, a hardship. It could have been a bankruptcy. There are things in our world that we have continued to cling on to, but like an anchor, it's weighing us down. And I can't move to God's best. I can't go forward into what God has for me because I'm still holding on to things that are holding me back. See, instead of holding on to things that hold you back, you got to let go and move forward to the things that God has. And this bitterness and this anguish, and oftentimes these things in our past are weighing us down. We don't get to God's best, not because it's not up ahead, but because we're holding on to things we were designed to kiss goodbye. Just kiss it. Turn to your neighbor and say, kiss it goodbye. Kiss it goodbye. 
You know, there's all different types of people in this world when it comes to goodbyes. You know, there's, there's those that don't say goodbye, right? You ever have somebody at your house and they won't leave? And you're like, hey, the first part of goodbye is go, and you're not doing the go. We did, uh, we used to do New Year's Eve parties at the house for the coffee grounds, and uh, that was for the young adults, and me and Holly ran that thing, and and so that New Year's Eve, like, we'd have hundreds of young adults come over, and they would bring friends and people we'd never met before. Never, I've never seen these people in my life all throughout my house. And, uh, on this particular one, it was 442. I know that because I looked at my watch. And there was a young lady there, and she was the last to be there. Everybody else had left, and she was still there. And she's just looking, and me and Holly are kind of looking at her like, hey. <laughs> and then she goes, so um, what are we going to do now? I'm like, we're going to play a game. It's called Get Out. You go first. And so it's a fun game. <coughs> right? And then this is what's interesting. My family and my wife, my brother, my friends say that I'm a very, I'm, I'm too fast of a good buyer. If you, I don't know. Uh, Jacob will probably know what I, I'm talking about. Right? That, that, They'll say, I'm talking to you on the phone, and then all of a sudden, you're gone. And I'm like, I think, he's, I think he said goodbye, <laughs> right? I'm very fast at the goodbye, like, and not even fast. They say I don't say, my brother say, you don't even say goodbye. I'm like, I think I say goodbye. I don't think I don't say goodbye. I'm just done. And then me and Holly have had many, we're going to call them discussions, <laughs> about my lack of goodbye. She's like, you, you, you don't even say goodbye. I say, I say goodbye. She goes, but you don't wait for my goodbye. I don't have to wait for your goodbye. I know that I'm going to have a hello here very soon. I don't need a goodbye. She's, and so we have these, and because Holly is, right? Holly is a long goodbyer. Can I say that? And some would call it a, a, a never-ending goodbye. She's, and when you talk to her and you find out the root of it, it's because she's, she has very, she's so empathetic. And uh, just about, she's very caring for people. And so she doesn't know if you're ready to say goodbye or if she's too fast to goodbye. And so when I do my fast goodbye, she's like, you're hurting people's hearts. I'm like, no. And if I did, I don't know about it because they're already gone. And so, <laughs> but no, she, she's so funny. Her and Tammy Zubek, they'll go for chips and salsa. They'll have a little time. And, you know, they'll go for like, like it'll be like late afternoon. And she's supposed to be home at 5. So I call her at 5.30. And I'm like, she's like, oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're saying goodbye right now. And so then I call her at 7, and she's like, oh, no, we're walking to the car. We're saying goodbye. I'm like, okay. And then I call her at 10. I'm not making that up. I'm not even exaggerating. I'm like, honey, I have to drive down there now because I know that they're closed. She's like, we're saying goodbye. I said, put her on the phone. I'm going to say goodbye. <laughs> and then your dad has the exact same thing. So if you get them together to say goodbye... No, 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 no. It, 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 like, so we'll do, my kids talk about this too. So they'll do the living room goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye, hug, and they'll, huh, everything. And then you stand and you're like, okay, nobody's goodbying, right? Like we're just staying here. And then they'll slowly go, like there's a hall goodbye. And then there's a front door goodbye. <laughs> then they open the door and they go out and then there's outside goodbye. Then there's a walkway goodbye. Then there's the outside, come on, some of you know what I'm talking about. Outside the car goodbye. They're in the car. The windows are down. Set my people free for all that's good and holy in this world. <laughs> this is true. There's many a times I've just gone to bed. 
like after the third goodbye. <laughs> like, goodbye. Good night, actually. Good night. But oftentimes, we do that with disappointments and problems. We don't kiss them goodbye. We don't goodbye. We don't go is the important thing. And they become an anchor in our lives, something that holds us and doesn't allow us to get to the best. If I stand at a closed door forever that's not going to open, then all that does is hold me back from seeing the open door that God has up in front of me. And so I've got to walk away from the closed door of that relationship that hurts and that pains and begin to go towards the open doors that God has. Because I can promise you this, God has an open door for you. But he first needs you to let go a second best so he can bring your first best into your life. He can't bring you David till you let go of Saul. You've got to let go of the past so God can take you to the future. Highly successful people, all of them have this in common, that they're very quick to kiss goodbye the failures of life. They're very fast at getting up after they have fallen down, right? For many people, for many of us out there, and we've all probably had our times, we've fallen down and we stay down. And we want to have our pity party down, right? We want to sit down there. and We want to talk to everybody about we're down. And it doesn't mean that you didn't have a reason to be down. It doesn't mean that you didn't have, oh, people didn't hurt you and people weren't there. It doesn't mean that, you know, but here's the point. Reason or not, it doesn't change the reality that you're going nowhere. And a pity party doesn't get you to God's best in your life. We all go through tragedy. We all have bad things that happen. We all have doors that close. We all have people that have rejected us. Everyone in this room, we've had people stab us in the back. We've given our life to somebody and they walked away. We've done and worked so hard and we were laid off and we were let go in a wrongful way. But if you want God's best in your life, then you got to kiss it goodbye. Stop holding on to it. Come on, somebody out there. Stop just clinging to it and talking about it over and over again. I forget those things that are behind, and I press to God's best that is in my future. We all have those things that, 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 that pull the back, and, and in this room, there's a lot of people in this room that, that have come from broken families, over half of you. A lot of you didn't have a, a parent or even two parents maybe that were there or didn't even do a really good job. And we hold on to these things, and, and, and over half of us in here have gone through divorce and, and, and breakups, and, and we find that so many people, right, so many of us, so many of us watching are continuing to hold on to those things and that hurt and that pain, and we haven't been able to move on, haven't been able to move to God's best, to move on to something different. I can't tell you how many times in my 28 years here at the, at the church I'm talking to somebody, they're like, yeah, I got this person that's interested in me. But you know, Pastor, I'm still hurting. You know, from the last breakup, I'm still, it's just hard. And I'm just, I'm just not ready, Pastor. I'm just not ready. And then I'm always like, because it's a loaded question. I'm like, so how long has it been? And they're like, it's been three, four, five years. I don't even know how long it is. I'm like, for the love of all that's good and holy. You're going to let that jerk hold you back from your Boaz? You're going to let the pass? Well, pastor, how long should I wait? Oh, let me give you. This is it right here. Right? You want to break up? That's all right. How are you doing? It's that fast. <laughs> oh, you don't want me in my world? How are you doing? Right? I'm that fast at that because I have one life to live, and I'm not going to let some jerk hold me back from God's best, a closed door hold me back from an open door. 
I went through the worst breakup of my life on a Wednesday, and I was chasing Holly on Sunday. And I'd have chased her on Wednesday if I saw her. I'd have chased her on Tuesday probably with this one. Oh, my business failed. When? Eight years ago. What are you doing? Right? I have 15 failed businesses in my past. As soon as I had a failed business, I'm like, how are you doing? I started a new business that day or even the week before. Because I will not stay down. I will arise. I may be put, things may happen in my life. Disappointments happen. But I will not live a life. One life that I have, spending one second holding on to things that try to hold me back. That's a good thing right there. Things that try to hold you back, and you're holding on to them. You're holding on to an anchor that's going down. Instead of letting go and allowing God to restore that, refresh that, and move on to the new things that God has for you. You know, oftentimes we uh, punish people in our future or in our present on the altar of things that people have done in the past. We drag this hurt and this pain into this relationship and wonder why this relationship doesn't really move with much momentum. It doesn't move very fast. It's because you're punishing them because of what this person over here had done, right? I'm super jealous in this relationship with somebody who hasn't done anything wrong because of this person. That's a garden style. Sorry, Lord, forgive me for that word. <laughs> so, I mean, hold on. Right? And so you're dragging hurts and pains and bitterness, and you haven't even let it go. You're still angry at the divorce and the person over here, and it's been years. Instead of just letting it go, let them, let them have, bless them, Lord. Have them have a great life. I'll do nothing but talk good because I return good for evil. I give blessings when they give me cursings. I will love them and encourage them and then build them up, and I want them to win. Why do I want them to win? Because i got to let go so that I can move on to God's best. Oftentimes, you know, this is a big one that I think that many of us in here probably deal with, um, is that parents, we grew up and we had parents, you had parents who didn't do a good job. Maybe you had one that took off and wasn't around. And then here's what happens oftentimes, is as that parent gets older, they have an enormous amount of regrets in their life, and so they try to get back into their kids' lives. And then the kids can't let go, right? Can't let go and let that and kiss it goodbye, and so they hold it on. My mother, with my grandmother, my grandmother was, uh, as far as what I've heard, it was one of the worst moms that I've heard of. I mean, she, just, she was horrible. She didn't want my mom. She put my, gra- my great-grandmother did most of the raising, and my great-grandmother was a mean person. She and my grandmother, both of them, they, used, they were very verbally abusive. I always told my mom she's worthless. Nobody likes you. Uh, you're dumb. You're stupid. This is the words that my mother grew up with, and very unwanted. Well, later in life, my grandmother, my mom's mom, wanted to get back into her life and get in there. And my mom made a decision to forgive her and to let it go and to forge a relationship. In the last decade of my grandmother's life, my mom and grandmother had, and, and, for, and grandma didn't change. She was still a little bit mean, right? But my mom loved her unconditionally and gave my grandmother something she's never had before. See, my grandmother had never had somebody love her because she existed. 
And they ended up traveling all over the place once a year. Grandma would come out and spend a month with, with, with her. And they ended up having a great mother-daughter relationship. And my mom would say this. She's like, my, uh, Grandma, she's like, my mom, I'm not going to uh, uh, punish who she is now because of who she was then. I'm not going to hold back what she wants to do because of what she did. And so for many of us out there, we need to kiss some of those hurts and those pains and those things goodbye and allow God to restore some things in place that God wants to restore. And I'm not saying that all of the cases, there's some cases that maybe not. But I think in a lot of cases, God is speaking to you and saying, hey, let Papa have a try. Let, let your mama have a try. They want to be in your life now. Let go of the hurts and the junk of the past and press forward to the future that I have. My mom got what she always wanted, which was a relationship with her mother. Can I get an amen anywhere out there? Come on, that's what she wanted. God says, I got to give you an open door, but I got to have you walk away from the door that was closed in your past. For you and I, the same thing is, you know, this house that we just moved in in January, I had gone over, it was in the first few days that we got the house, and I went to put the code, I'm not a key guy, I don't have keys to the house, I just don't, I just do codes, everything is code. Well, the garage door code wasn't working, so I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I think I left the front door open, so I went around, the front door was locked. I went around to the garage door, that door was locked. I went around to the back door, that was locked, and then I have another back door, I went to that one, and I have, another, I have like a lot of back doors, and so I went to another back door, and I went to another back door. But then, all the, and I'm like, all of them locked. I'm like, how am I going to get in the house? And then I remembered that Vince, my buddy Vince, remember, we always listen to Vince, right? Number one. Vince had fixed uh, my, my, I have a, a walkout basement. Why do you have a walkout basement? Because I told God 15 years ago I always wanted one. That's why I have one. Because God made sure that I got one. That's how my God works. He's like, he wants a walkout basement? We'll get him a walkout basement. So I have a walkout basement. I don't know why. I just have this only house that has one. So, so I, I'm like, Vince is where? I think Vince left that door open. Might have. And so I went down the little stairs, and sure enough, the, wa- the, the, the door was open. I was able to get in. You know, God, much like Vince, has opened a door for you. It might not be the door you're at. It might not be the next door. It might be the, not the next door. But I do know this, that he does have a door open for you. And if you'll just kiss the closed doors goodbye and keep trying door after door after door, you'll get to the door that God has for you in your future. You'll get to the thing. I know there'll be some closed doors. There'll be some pain. There'll be some things that happen. But it's so worth it when you get inside the house and you get inside of God's best and you begin to experience what God has. I get it. You had a breakup and a breakup and a breakup. I had a whole lot of awful breakups before I got to Holly. But guess what? Every one of them was worth it because if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have kept, right? If I'd have given up after the first, second, third, fourth, I don't know how many, 37 of them. I don't know. If, I, if I'd have given up, I wouldn't experience what I have today. We, come on, somebody out there. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. The devil wants our closed doors in our life to keep us from moving, keep us from going forward. Don't stop. Just keep going. You know, Naomi kissed goodbye, and then she went back to Bethlehem, and uh, Ruth went with her, and Ruth met Boaz, and then after she met Boaz, they, she, they ended up having a child, and the scripture says, I've never seen this before, in the scripture it says that Naomi raised it like it was her own child. 
See, everything that was taken away from her that she could have held on to, she let go, and God brought her beauty for ashes. Gave everything, and not just that. This ended up being the, the great-grandfather, right, of David. That letting go didn't just bless her, but it blessed generations to come. When you let things go, you're not just setting yourself up, but you're setting up generations to come, right? When we hold back, we hold back generations, but when we let go, we walk forward. I had bumped into a, a gentleman that, and, and I bumped into him last year, and I remember I talked to him like a decade ago, like it was like eight, nine years ago, and uh, it was when everybody was losing their houses, and uh, he had a house he was upside down in, and he didn't know what to do, and I'm like, just let go, just kiss it goodbye, just let go. He's like, no, we have memories and everything else in it, and, and I'm like, well, me too. Like, we have a house that we've lived in for 10 years. I said, but we got to kiss it goodbye. We owe way more. It's just not working out. It's just, everything's crazy. I just kiss it goodbye. He's like, I ain't kissing it goodbye. I'm not letting it go. And, you know, we let ours go. And then we rented. And then we rented another house. And then God blessed us supernaturally with our own house again. And then we sold that house, made an incredible amount of money, and bought another house. And sold that house in November and made an incredible amount of money. And we bought our our dream house that we're going to live in now for 20 years, I don't know, a couple decades is what we're going to live in. Now. It's got a walkout basement. Come on, somebody. I had, right? And he begins to tell me, he's like, okay, I'm meeting with the bank today. He's like, I'm 300 and some thousand dollars upside down in this house. I said, same house? He goes, yeah. And so I don't know what to do. We're trying to hold on to it. And I'm like, you got to kiss it goodbye. You got to let it go. He's like, I can't. All this and that. I said, you're holding on to something that needs to be let go. Right? Had you let it go when I said nine years ago, you'd be where I am today with a walkout basement. Right? You don't have a walkout basement because you haven't let it go. And I wonder how many people here today have been holding on to things that it's time to let it go. We see here, I'm going to close with this last scripture in uh, 1 Samuel 16, 1. Saul, Samuel had spent his whole, he had no, Samuel had anointed Saul, king, first king of Israel, and uh, spent his whole uh, life mentoring and putting into him over and over. But Saul ended up being bad. Just a really bad egg. Just horrible. And so God's like, hey, we got to get Saul out of there. And so here we find Samuel, the great prophet, kind of doing the same thing oftentimes we do here in the scripture. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? How long are you going to sit there and hold on to the past? Now, I get it. Saul was good here. How many people know that something can be good here, but then end up being bad over here? Right? It might have been good over here, but now there comes a time when it comes a time to let it go. And you're still holding on to it. He says, I've rejected him. Fill your horn with oil. Be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. He says, fill your horn with oil. Meaning, get that anointing that I have on your life. Get those good things that I put in there. I have given you everything you need to have a successful life. I need you to let go of the Saul so I can move you into the David. Right? The greatest king Israel's ever had had to be in the future of Samuel. But if he not let go of Saul, he never would have moved over into the David of his life. And my question today is, how long will you mourn 
over that bankruptcy? How long will you mourn over that divorce? How long will you mourn over that rejection? How long will you mourn over that friendship that went the other way? How long will you mourn over that disappointment and that broken dream? God says to you today, fill up your horn with some oil. I've got a David over here in your future. I've got something better. I've got a Boaz over here. I've got a blessing. I've got an open door. I've got something incredible, but I need you to let go of the past so that I can give you to the present. Stop holding on to things that are holding you back. And I want to end with this last thing. I felt like God gave me this. And this is a I, maybe a poem of the day. I know it's a, kind of a song. and it, Many would compare it to Beethoven or, or, or Bach, one of the great uh, the day song where it's just and this is what I want you to think about. For the, and I always do these things because there's something I want to remind you every time you find yourself holding on to something. I want this song to play in your head to remind you to let go of the disappointment and the junk. Now, go something like this. See if I get it right. Na-na-na-na. Na-na-na-na. Hey, hey, hey. Goodbye. Come on, somebody. Na-na-na. Come on, church. yourself letting it go. I want to take a moment and I want to just to praise here. And I want to I want you to see yourself as we're praising God here in this moment. Letting it go. Just dropping it. You drop that hurt. Yeah dad wasn't there you're, as a child. You're just gonna drop that. Because God you're in my you're you're the father to the fatherless and I'm gonna let that go. I'm gonna let that bitterness go. I'm gonna let that resentment go. Yeah, that divorce, that was painful. And they did you wrong. They were horrible. But you know what? I'm not going to carry it into my new things. I'm going to exchange those ashes for some beauty. I'm going to Naomi this, and I'm going to kiss it goodbye. That failure, I kiss it goodbye. I'm a na-na-na. Everything that's holding me back. And so let's all just worship right now. Go ahead, band. Just lead us in this song, and I want you to picture yourself as you're giving it to God. Say, I'm letting it go, and I'm moving into the open doors that you have for my life. And hallelujah, praise the one who set me. Come on, church. Hallelujah, death has lost, lost his grip, you
Thank you so much for joining us today. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you don't know where you're going to end up one day when you die, I want to give you that opportunity to get saved. It's simple. It's easy. You don't have to jump through a whole bunch of hoops. You don't have to be perfect. All you have to do is believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and was raised from the dead. I get it. You're going to make some more mistakes. We all do. But it doesn't take away your salvation. When I believe, I'm saved. Say this prayer with me. Believe it in your heart and you're saved. Dearly Father, I ask you right now, come into my life, be my Lord, and be my Savior. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and was raised from the dead. In Jesus' name, amen. You're saved. Make sure you get yourself in a church. Be blessed. We'll see you next week.